0: Hey everybody, it's Jackie Johnson, host of Natch Beauty. We talk skincare, we talk makeup, we talk all things beauty, and my guest this week is Ariana Maddox. Hi! What do we talk about, Ariana? Oh my gosh, we answer all of your questions. We do. We talk about how our dogs were in a Pharrell video together. We talk about... Uh, exfoliation oh we talk about exfoliation we talk about uh, tanning self tanning we talk about laser hair removal we, we go there we dive do a deep dive in my makeup bag we and toms and toms <laughs> and tom <laughs> sandoval's so maybe check out an attribute this week and see what we're talking about see you there
1: guys i want to tell you about a great sponsor i have Bompus. they're premium high performance athletic socks and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off and because socks are the number one requested I in homeless shelters for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date, 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com feral and buy some comfortable socks.
0: Feral Audio.
1: Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer I'm Matt Dwyer Hi everybody I'm talking in a little hushed tone Because my daughter is sleeping in the next room And uh, I can't get excited about anything Or I can, but I must do it in this low, hushed tone This is the joy of having a daughter You, uh You gotta You gotta sometimes just be quiet And if anybody needs to be quiet now and again It's this guy Right here, Matt This is a great episode today. I'm very happy. Duncan Trussell is my guest. Um, And if you don't know who Duncan Trussell is, well, go listen to his uh, podcast also here on Feral Audio. I never, ever in my life have had anything but a riveting, enlightening conversation with Duncan Trussell. And uh, I recently have realized that I've been... uh, kind of having a crisis, a mental crisis, and I think if you go, if you've been listening, you've probably picked up on, in some of my intros over the past few months, I've been struggling, and it's because, uh, and we explore some of the uh, topics in, in the top of our conversation, but, um... As Duncan said after we talked, he's like, you got to plunge yourself into the chaos sometimes, you you know, know, kick over the anthill to uh, see what happens. And I was almost clinging to my mental state of uncertainty and and not uh, confusion. And instead of letting go and sort of tossing myself into it and writing it out, uh, I was fighting it and not letting it flow, as one would say. So, um, uh, talking to Duncan always helps clear up some things, spiritually, mentally, and uh, otherwise. uh, Big picture, uh, sort of the universe. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I also, you know, I started going to therapy because uh, I uh, I wouldn't have been able to, sort of, uh, identify the fact that I was having a crisis. But it's been a crazy couple of years for me. I've had stalkers. I've had to move. I've had job changes, no money, some money, okay money, a baby, a wife, moving, uh, career changes. A lot of it, of course, just, uh, you know, really, to, you, you look to ad- attach yourself to these certain things uh, to give, or I have. And I, you know, when I'm working as a writer, I'm a writer. And I'm a lot more prouder of who I am. I'm a lot more confident in who I am than when I'm just some schmuck working a job, which is really just um, insecurity and ego, really. And uh, I was really beating myself up because I'm not currently working as a writer, though I still write, so I guess I'm a writer. But, uh, (laughs) you know, most of our great writers weren't working as writers when they were writing. Um, They were working in taverns or... What not. So. Uh. It's just. I feel a little bit more focused and grounded. And that's good. Um. So I hope that clarifies. I don't know. I feel like I've been struggling. Uh. In my intros to say something. Opposed to just saying something. And uh. Like now. I'm just saying something. And I'm not trying to. I've been trying to make sense of everything. Uh. And sometimes you just can't do it. You just have to be like, all right, fuck it. I'll move on. Um, so that. Let's just, uh, with that in mind, uh, I'll just say a couple things real quick. Um, if Please go to iTunes and rate my podcast and like it. I also have a podcast with my wife, Afterbirth. It's also on Feral Audio, and we talk about parenting, and we talk to comedians and musicians about parenting, and it's a real good time. It's a real good time. And um, follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Dwyer at twitter.com. I have a website, but it's kind of down right now. It's some weird fucked up thing, the Matt Dwyer.com. But anyway, uh, might be you might listen to this two years from now. Anyway, let's talk with Duncan Trussell. Hey,
2: are we doing the pod this the podcast or is this the preamble? <laughs> I'm recording
1: it. I don't know. If okay, go. I record everything. just—it's funny
2: that there's... that Oh, you do. <laughs> that's, well, I, oh, I'm not sure. Um, not that it matters, I guess. Um, that's a, that's one of those like fake, lines of distinction that humans put into things. Nothing. What your question? No, like you're like—is this the podcast or not the podcast? Like, you know, like when you like the, we create like human beings. Like to create fake boundaries. That's one of the things we do pretty great, pretty well. Is like you, you imagine that this is like a boundary here. You know what I mean? Like it gives you something because like it breaks it up, infinity. So you sort of like create these boundaries, like days or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I
1: know what are you
2: saying? Weeks, months, years, birthdays, podcast beginnings, podcast endings. <laughs>
1: uh the when you get it when you become a dad you become really aware of time which is a real head fuck because i went from being a guy who would like his his digital alarm clock would be blinking on and off because it hadn't been set for months <laughs> and just waking up not knowing what if it was like morning or night and uh and then all of a sudden it's like you are exactly aware of time at all moments and it it yeah. it, it fucks with your head like, there's this whole... F- I mean, probably not for most people, because most people don't drink all day like I used to. <laughs> and
2: have a Oh, yeah, you were really into that, huh? You were like, really, like, drinking all... The- you were doing, like, the poetic uh, alcoholic thing for a while, right? <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. I think it is poetic and romantic. It's like a... It's a legitimate spiritual path. It's just really brutal on you, you know? It's so brutal on your body, physically.
1: Yeah, I had, uh, I had an okay income and lots of free time, and I was writing and drinking and uh, uh, attempting to sleep around, and I got a- hmm. enamored with the, the lifestyle. And one day you wake up and you got tits and you're fat and you don't look so good and you go yeah. I gotta put the break. Yeah,
2: and you're and you're having these rotten poops. Your bowel movements are just this like portal to, to some level of hell. You're just exploding this your body it's like your body is sending you messages in your chair. Like look, man, look. This is what I'm making now. Look, the materials are giving me suck. You're frying your body. It's really a, it's a brutal. Path. That's a brutal path, man. But it is quite romantic. You you end up in these like shadowy, shadowy, beautiful, shadowy moments that are so sweet and, and terrible and empty. So I'm glad you are not doing that one anymore, though. Yeah, I, I think that's a rough one.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, you hit. You hit a. I mean, I still drink. I didn't get... Uh, I quit for a couple of years, and but I didn't get, like, crazy. I didn't stay sober, because, uh... But, uh... Yeah, you also, when that's happening, you start sweating in certain areas that you... Like, you sweat more, but not in the normal areas. <laughs> it's like... Oh, like, you get feet... Oh, yeah. It's a real... Oh, yeah, you
2: smell, too, that stinky fucking booze sweat. You smell like a... Like, you like, your dad coming back from the airport. Just like... This stale, like, just—it's—it's it's wild, I and mean, it's alcohol. You're—you're you're pouring this like bizarre chemical into your body, and it's just like, God, we got it every day. We got to get this poison out. I know, man. I've been there. I've been—I've been—I've been in a drinking hole before. It's no good.
1: We—I uh, mean, we did some of it together. We were neighbors. We were poor. That's right. That's what is fun because yeah, I saw that was fun. you advised me to like you. Uh, this is how broke we were you were like hey man like you should just buy a bunch of frozen chicken breasts because that, that <laughs> they're cheaper and they'll last forever like that's how poor we True. were navigating what we and, could and
2: couldn't buy and, and, and like yeah that's right man that, I remember that that was a, a pretty that, that, you know that's a, a really interesting and I remember thinking like oh this <laughs> could. Easily, just be my life for until I die. Like you know, frozen chicken breasts going to like the discount aisle at Korean grocery stores, and the, But you know, even in that place, as I recall, you run like no matter where you're at, you kind of run into the same pattern of anxiety. You know, you you're, you're always gonna some anxiety or some crushing worry in your life, no matter where you're at. It, it, it seems to be one of the aspects of Are you human anxiety?
1: existence. Are you dealing with that these days?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, yes, for sure. I mean, this is part of being alive is you have anxiety. I mean, anxiety is thinking about the future. When you have anxiety, you're thinking about, as they say, when you have anxiety, you're thinking about the future. When you have depression you're thinking about the past and so it's kind of like you know, when like I, th- I, th- I would I think that humans function on a a lot of different levels at once. So at any given moment, if you wanted to, you could summon up anxiety for yourself, probably, if you're a new average person. If you're somehow actualized or something, even then probably. And so, like, if you're if you're in, in the entirety of your personality and physiological existence was on a spectrum of selfness, and, and there were the different shades represented different emotional states, from deeply suicidally depressed to like, manic to anxious to blissed out to in love, then probably some of those are going on at all times. And, and you can kind of tune in. The, the loudest ones are, like, it's like your neigh na- you know, your neighbor. And he's loud, you know, and you can choose to tune into that. And if you do, then you won't be able to hear the birds outside. Even though if you listen, you can hear the birds too. It's just more subtle. So it's kind of like that, I think. You know, so yes, there's anxiety I have and depression and bliss and anger. But, the, you know, just which, what, what do you want to tune into? You know, which one do you feel like listening
1: to? It's an interesting point because I feel like we're in a certain phase because in, in, we have this nightmarish presidency going on and and it's very easy... And I've been caught up in this where I'm distracted by, like, I'm focusing on that, and I'm focusing on what could be, and it was causing great, and, like, I was just, like, not sleeping, anxious, ignoring my family. It was just, and it's like, it's a great point. I was not being present, and that's, like... I don't know. I question if that just out take out the presidency too. If we live in a time where it's not easy to be present because everything is all about there's more self than ever with like social media and all this like it's it's helping us remove ourselves almost from ourselves and the
2: moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know you mean. I mean, I you know every day I wake up. Terrified that the liberals are that the liberals are going <clears> to <throat> manage to illegally get the president out of office, and it freaks me out to think that the machinations of the deep state are going to politically assassinate the greatest president of our <laughs>
0: lifetime.
2: Wow, you've changed in New York. <laughs> Well, you just. No, man, I I know what you mean. That's just one of the things you can. It's like, okay, so you take that, whatever the particular flavor of fear that you are deciding to eat from the buffet of life, and then you analyze the fear. Like you look into the fear or the anxiety, the Trump fear, Trump anxiety. And then you, you sort of start breaking that apart and real you'll like that. You realize that that one thing you can ask yourself, is like, what does this feel like when you're feeling whatever, like Trump fear as many people have or whatever it is, just sessions, anger, whatever. And then you kind of look at it like, what does this remind me of? I, is this the first time I felt this? When have I felt this before? And then you realize, oh, shit, this, oh, shit, there's a river of this that's constantly inside of me, only because, but I've chosen to, like, attach it to this circumstance, right? So it's like, I'm pretending that the thing which is deriving this feeling is the state, because it is, that makes it somehow controllable. Because, you know what I mean, like you're like, oh, if is this, is this feeling of, of suffering, which is anything that is fear, anxiety, anger, suffering, if this feeling of suffering is related to something that is temporary, then that means that when the thing is gone, this feeling must go away too. But if you look back at your life, you realize, no doesn't really matter. There's always a new thing that pops up that I connect with suffering to, you know, so it's like, that's the game of life is that it's more bearable to connect with suffering to situation. than to begin to recognize that you have always felt some version of the dissatisfaction that you're currently connecting to Trump, you know,
1: yeah, that's. I feel like people are getting addicted to it as well. I feel like I feel like people what they post on, like people, it seems like to, they're looking to be upset and that they en- are enjoying being upset about something. Like maybe that gives their life some sort of elevated meaning. I don't know, but I see what people post on social media. Some of it inaccurate or just they'll react to anything. I'm just like, are we? Like now, I feel like it's just—it's sort of a snowball effect where it's just everyone's getting worked up all the time, and it's like they don't know how to be anything else but worked up.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a—it's so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's just—it's it's like the most blissfully wonderful show to watch, <laughs> like all these little, you know, because you, you, you have to think like, well, what, what do I have, what, what's happening here? And what's happening is we're, we're choosing to focus our attention on the state, which is what the state wants and always wants state wants us to pay a kind of voluntary emotional tax, which is the obsession with the state. So it gives it power. We sacrifice the blissfulness of the present moment and the perennial realization that there is a transcendent, transcendent principle that is, doesn't give a shit about who the president is. It's untouched by that kind of stuff. And so it is the classic archetype of of the the demon, Lucifer, wants you to worship it instead of that which created it. So it's an archetype, mythological archetype, which is, Fear it, love it, scorn it, give it props. You're still engaged in a kind of heavy duty emotional relationship with the state, which is embarrassing, essentially. Which is why, like, when you see the far left having this, like, never in a conniption fit, or you see the far right. Doing this kind of like nerdy, ridiculous, like, pseudo-intellectual worship of the state, both sides have an effect that makes you cringe a little bit because it's like, do you really think that the state is in control? Do you really think that this cobble of gray old men has any kind of real power? Or if I might sing from Jesus Christ Superstar, any power you have comes to you from above. Everything is fixed, and you can't (laughs) change it.
1: You know, I don't think we look to Jesus Christ Superstar enough for our wisdom.
2: If we did, we'd be so much happier. So much happier, because that's one of the great aspects of the New Testament is the collision of the state and the transcendent and the ultimate shrugging off of the state, you know, to the point of like, where are in that particular religion. It's really beautiful because the response of the transcendent to the state is the Obi-Wan Kenobi response to Darth Vader, you know, It's the same idea. If you destroy me, I will become a million times more powerful. And like that, that is the attitude, that is the revolutionary attitude, which is why Christianity is such a, is a a revolutionary religion in, in, in certain forms. So it's like so revolutionary to look at the state and say, oh, no, 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 kill me, kill me, kill me, go ahead, kill me. Imprison me. Beat me. But can you kill the spring? Can you imprison the spring? Can you lock up the seasons? Can You, you know what I mean? Can you stop evolution? Can you stop that force that caused single-cell organisms to become multicellular organisms? No. But you can try. And every example of the tyrant and dictator throughout history... You see what happens. You see what happens. It doesn't end well for them. Google search Benito Mussolini death pictures. <laughs> look at Gaddafi getting. Do it. Like, look what happens when you fuck with that. You stand in the way of the great river of evolution. The, you, it's like you will, you will be. It doesn't work. They've tried, doesn't work. You can, I mean, look at fucking Stalin or Hitler or any any of these people who tried to put the I over the Us. And some people put the I over the Us. Stalin, for example, saying no, I Us, but clearly it was an I. People were building statues for him. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. So the uh, ultimately, I think it's best to reduce the mass of the state to a kind of entertainment, recognize that, yes, indeed, you want to get imprisoned or murdered because of these machinations, but if you think that the you, the I, can really be destroyed, well, then you've fallen prey to more propaganda. And so, it's a deep, deep propaganda, the the fear of death, which is like the great propaganda. So, anyway, that's the problem. It just, you know... if you you can get even an attempt at grounding yourself in a something that isn't based on time and space then you can begin to enjoy a little bit more what's happening because what's happening is the core shocks of the singularity (laughs) and it's cool So we get to enjoy it. It's fucking cool. Incarnated it just the right time.
1: Uh, that's a lot to drink in.
2: <laughs> drink
0: it.
1: <laughs> I, I've needed this conversation because I've j- I've just started pulling myself out of a, a spiral. Uh, I had a I had a major spiral and I was like couldn't process because I uh, I actually f- f- finally went to therapy, which I was like, all right, I can't, I can't. I can't like make clear my head anymore, so I gotta, I gotta ha- talk to somebody and fucking pull my head out of my ass. But it's like yeah but it's also like on top of what's ha- been happening social politically, it's like I became a dad, and like the first yes. year, the first year of that, you you're sort of in a blur, and you you don't process, yeah. it and then suddenly you realize like. I'm a whole different person and I don't know who I am anymore like I literally was like mm. I don't feel like myself anymore but the things that drive me have become different so it's but i, I you know I was you used kind of just driven by uh yeah you know satisfaction and impulse <laughs> yeah and then that, that mm. that's not there anymore and I'm but it's like but that was still such an innate part of who it's just bizarre it's like a head trip man with a head trip, yeah, and it's like, but then the, you're struggling to re-sort of establish who you are, but then you have this uh, beautiful little happy, joyous creature, and it's just like,
0: so you you feel
1: guilty for um, being like, what? Who am I? And it's like, it's like, it's just layers of 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 uh, change that, it, and no one tells you these things in those those books, the the dad baby books.
2: What, that your identity will begin to dissolve
1: in love? Uh, Yeah, like, you know, the, the love part is great, but it's just like, the, yeah, they don't tell you that, like, you become a different person and it'll sort of sneak up on you. And I've talked about this with musicians and other artist friends where they're just like, they're like, I'm no longer the person I've identified as for so many years. Yeah. And it's that, and then suddenly you're like,
2: am I still... I like the way you said that. I'm no longer the person who I identify with. That's cool. That's like a great way to say it, right? Because it's like, well, I like that a lot because it implies a choice, you know, because it's like, okay, right, you know, when I'm doing my thing that I say is me, I'm actually just choosing to identify with a kind of a box of habits. (laughs) <laughs> and I say, oh, this—that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> very well put as as well, identifying as a box of habit.
2: Yeah, and then you 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 so many different things can sort of like show you because what happens is most people they don't say I identify with this; they say I am this. You know, so it's a big difference to say I identify with it or then to say I am it. Like, for example, like if you run into a person at a bar and you say, you know, man, I really identify with Harry Potter. Kind of like, yeah, I get it, man. He's like, you know, kind of a normal dude who ends up like in a kind of incredible life. And it's like, man, you've got to make hard choices. He's a hero. I get it. I that's cool right there. But if you meet someone at a bar and say, like, I'm Harry Potter you're like, you're out of your fucking mind. You ain't a Harry Potter, I don't think. You know, that, 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 so, so in the same way, it's like when, when a person says, I am this, then it's, a, it's innately insane. And, but when you say, I identify with something, then there's, fruit, there's There's space there. So that's a really, whoever your friend was that said that, that's really intelligent because it, that's exactly right. You know, and that is off-putting, isn't it? When you when you think I am a box of habits versus I identify with a box of habits, then next question is, wait, then what the fuck am I? I am the identifier. Well, what is that? What is that which identifies? What is that? Because the boundary you create when you say I am a box versus the boundarylessness that is created when you say I identify with that box is uh, the difference between a kind of illusionary shelter that you can be inside of and the reality of the boundarylessness that is to be a thing that exists in a universe that only has temporary boundaries, right? Yeah. And that is off-putting, and that is disconcerting. And ultimately, it kind of like, if you follow it all the way down, it kind of starts well, it gets into the whole death trip, you know, like he gets into the whole thing like, oh, fuck, man. If There's no real boundaries, then God, Jesus Christ, like, I'm, I'm going to die. Like, that's death. That's death. When, when I die, I, I, all my boundaries are gone. Like, I'm going to become a boundarylessness state of matter. And that's terrifying. Terrifying, especially when you've got a beautiful baby and something to live for for real ooh that's scary man <laughs> it's uh, it's
1: it's weird because you do you lose i kept calling it like being becoming a dad was like instant zen because you instantly you just you don't give a fuck as much as how you look you know the the being cool or or you know you're going to inevitably yeah. you're going to have banana or spit on your shirt and you yes and you can't you just—it's not about you anymore, and, it, oh. and it's, it, it's kind of—it's freeing though, because you're just like, oh, well, okay, like I can, I can just dress this way, and it doesn't matter because I—it's practical, <laughs> and you know, yeah, and it's—and there's that thing of like when you go out, you're not. You, of course, I would hope most people. Aren't, you know, you're not worried about like, oh, I got to meet somebody and like all these weird things that drove me for a while. Like, oh, maybe this is the night. <laughs> it's like you're just sort of allowed to just sort of be like, eh, whatever. Yeah,
2: I'm out. Yeah, yeah. The mating ritual. You don't have to spend all that cognitive energy during the mating ritual. You've made it. Now you've you produced life, so you don't have to do the mating ritual anymore, which is exhausting.
1: Do you think about having kids at all?
2: Yeah, I sure as hell do. Yeah, I think it, it, it seems like a real beautiful thing. Um, absolutely. And if, everyone I know, i one, inevitably says the same thing. It's a, clearly some kind of psychedelic experience, top tier psychedelic experience. <laughs> Dissolve. I've never heard it explained <laughs> that way. well by psychedelic i mean it's like uh this is a this is like an idea i've been kicking around like so i've been kicking around the idea of like inside the frame and outside the frame and like the frame being like you know you see it you stop a movie you get little you know obviously movies are made up of little frames and so it's like in any person's life, there's certain things that will make you inside the frame, and there's certain things that will take you outside the frame. So, like, inside the frame, booze. Booze will put you right in the frame of your life, right? You to, and cocaine there's some substances that will like really make you really invested in your ego and your identity or in, the, in, in the, the imaginary box that surrounds that which you are from that which you are. So that's in the frame. And then there's certain things that will take you out of the frame. Uh, LSD, psilocybin, ketamine, partial meditation, holotropic breath work, and apparently having a child. Pulls you so far out of this little sandbox that you were playing in with your fucking clothes and your writings and your thing that you do and the the tail feathers you pop up and it pulls you so far out of that, that you're, you're no longer like trapped in that thing anymore. And that's, that's psychedelic, you know, psychedelics does not have to be a thing related to a substance. And in fact, I think. Weirdly, the things related to a substance are lower-level psychedelics, because when you start experiencing non-substance-related psychedelic states of consciousness, it's really crazy, because it's like, I didn't take anything. What the fuck? I haven't ingested anything, so I don't have a clock telling me when I'm going to go back into my frame, and that's scary. Because some things maybe can permanently take you out of the frame. And for a lot of people, that's, that's synonymous with insanity. You know, like, you've lost your fucking mind, Harold. You don't care anymore. You know, like, whatever it is. You're out of your god. Money is the most important thing. Whatever it is. You know? And, and, and so, yeah, psychedelic. Talk to your psychedelic state. A dissolution into some kind of transcendent selfless love for a brand new soul that just popped into this existence and, and you no longer are fixated on the ultimately boring task of satiating your own needs and desires. And that, by the way, more than likely wasn't even working anymore.
1: What was that last part? I missed that last part you said.
2: It wasn't working. It stopped working. Like, you know, like you can only start, you can only, it's like jerking off or whatever. You know, you can only jerk off so many times. And then you're just like, what am I doing? This isn't even making me feel anything. It's like farting out of my cock at this point. It's like, there's not, you know what I mean? It's just like this tremor, this kind of like, uh, like if you really get caught up in that, you know, you'll, you'll feel like a kind of like empty quiver it runs through your your loins, you know and it kind of like fleeting like uh, like the orgasm becomes like a nothing you know and that's true for any other thing that you have over used you know it goes from being like oh my god to like uh why am i just you don't know what you're doing so when <laughs> so you get freed, you know this like beautiful soul what happens is you're in the presence of a saint, essentially. And the radiance that glows out of a child is the radiance of uh, the soul unobstructed by ego. So when you get around that, uh, an egoless thing, you are around an enlightened being, essentially. I mean, with a baby, obviously, it's like but it's an enlightened being that can't do anything but shit and, and can't sit up or whatever. But you're... You know what I mean? But you're still like the radiance that comes out. Someone's just explaining this to me, that the reason like pregnant women have that glow, they have like a halo. And like when there's a pregnant woman around, you like look at her in the same way. Like you might look at like something in nature or in the same, they have a glow. And the reason they have that glow is because within them is this like soul that's unobstructed by ego and conditioning and habituation and all the shit that we have. And so it, glow- it literally glows out of the mother into the world, and, um, and it's so amazingly beautiful. And then when you're around the baby, it's the same thing. It's like, my God, this reminds me of something. This is making me remember something. Because we're all that thing underneath the gump, the gut, the, underneath the fourth gump. There is a beautiful soul in everything.
1: <laughs> it's interesting to cuz watch to to observe my how my baby act and like I and it's but she's also like a sponge for what we do like she watches us and it's kind of that becomes terrifying cuz I have a lot of and, and I'm like I got to like cuz I don't want to dump my crap into her and that's what I think mm. of, you know she's like this very playful open creative person right now and she's yes it's it's like really in bizarre to be around because it's like it's almost like it influences me but i still have all my bad habits and i'm like i it's like i see her do things that i do like she'll be watching me and then she'll do it and it's like it's a a heavy responsibility sometimes but you don't think of it that way yeah if that makes sense. You're just like, all right, I just got to correct myself and be a better person so this person could be yeah. far better than me. <laughs> Which isn't that much- Yeah, because look at that right
2: there. Because it's like, if you get around a bunch of calloused adults and you do some shitty thing around them, because they're calloused and they've been hurt so many times and traumatized, they're not going to like, uh, you're not going to see the effect. They've learned how to not cry. They've learned how to not how to not express heartbreak, right? So, so you don't you don't realize the impact you have on every single person that you cross paths with, based on what energy is radiating out of you, right? So you see a baby, and it gives you a firsthand glimpse of exactly what kind of waves you're kicking up by the way you're sailing your ship through time, and that is a real. Real, real wake-up call. Where just like, check it out, dumbass. You do affect people. You do. Guess what? You do impact the people around you. You are worth something. You're not some worthless piece of shit that everyone's been ignoring. It's just that all of us develop these very thick calluses because we got our hearts traumatized and heartbroken when we were much younger. But we still feel it. I, you know, we still feel the impact of your decisions and everyone's decision. So, yeah, I think that is the incredible thing. The baby becomes the guru. And now you see, look, look at what you do to the world. Look at what you do. Look at what is growing in your garden. And then... <laughs> Yeah, I get it, man. That's what I hear. I'll keep hearing that. Same thing, man. It's beautiful.
1: When we get done with this, she should just go make one, man.
2: Just go make one. You know, I, it, it, there are serious talks about that very thing. I, you know, I, 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 um, uh, serious talks. You've had the
1: same person for a few years now, right?
2: Yeah, I love her, and, and you know, it's you know, been through shit together, and we've gotten out of shit together, and pretty cool. And I like it, you know, and I think I'm approaching that place of like, you know, here's what I like, Here's the thing. We just let go. Right. And then it happens. What is going to happen? It's intention. That's the most important thing. That's what I'm realizing. Like I I do these little experiments. Like I have these synthesizers that I play around with because I like to make little sound beds for my podcast and just as a form of just like video game or meditation or just it's fun to play music I'm not you know I just like the way it sounds it's fun what noises can I make but like if I change my intention when I'm playing the music like if I just sit there and I think okay okay I want to like play a song that is me calling out to the possibility that there are enlightened beings living on the planet today that could maybe, like, actually, like, that, that you could tune into, you know, as a thought experiment. Then the music will change. And in a different way, it'll become something completely different. Or if, like, I sit and I'm like, all right, I'm going to play a song, you know, about, like, despair or whatever, you know, when you change your intention, the music you play changes. So that's the essence of it. It's, like, the in- shift the intention. It's all you could do. Shift the intent. Why am I doing What am I? What is my intention here? Okay, well, there's some obvious intentions, right, to, to do, especially now, right? Especially now, if look, we are to believe what they're telling us, then there, the intention could be, man, I, I want to, I, if there is a 1% chance that we are interconnected metaphysically through some as-of-yet undiscovered mechanism as a species and the sum total or the like the gestalt of our intention is manifesting as our government and our patterns in the world then i I want my intention even if there's a one percent chance i think there's a hundred percent chance but even if there's a one percent chance And my intention, when I'm not amnesic and in a complete state of habituation and, like, lost in my own ego identity, I want my intention to be one where I'm more compassionate or I'm more more open or I'm more, um, you know, I'm more loving, for lack of a better word. I want to try to be that. Every, every, every moment, or or, or I want my intention to be like, if there is a 1% chance that within every human being is a kind of uncorruptible light, for lack of a better word, then I want my intention to be to connect with that that's in me and other people more than connecting to their callus that surrounds us, Right? And so that changes the way I act in the world. If I just, even if I know I'm not going to pull this one off, but I'm going to try.
1: <laughs> why is it so difficult to get off path? Like I feel like a couple years ago I was like meditating all the time, and I was like felt a little, and then like mm. I just got jolted off. And it's like why do like why does it so easy to slip and not get back?
2: Well, that's, again, one of those boundaries that you create for yourself. You say, on path, off path. On path, off path. So that's, about, that's an, a, a boundary you create because it's kind of relaxing to think you can go off the path. It's like a little break. Like you give yourself a fake vacation because you're like, no, I'm off the path. <laughs> but you're not. You're still on the path. You can't get off it. It's just that you're like the, the type of practice that you're doing is is like a very painful practice but you're still doing it that's what's crazy about it so you, know, first, you can't get off the path just give up that dream i mean ultimately we're in a boundarylessness state and this human incarnation is very very temporary very temporary very and it's quick man this is a little little thing this is like barely, this is like, this is like a, And I so, I don't know if gnats have eyes, but if gnats have eyes and they can blink, that's what this human incarnation is. It's like the blink of a gnat's eye. It's love it's, it's quick, it's, it's nothing. But when we're in time, it seems so fucking long, but it isn't at all. So... You don't really get off the path at all. Even those momentary, like, drips into self-obsession, self-flagellation or masochism through some overuse of an intoxicant. It's just so transient and fleeting that it really... You're just not off the path. (laughs) You can't escape, man. There's no way out, dude. You can't escape, but you can pretend to escape. I mean, you know, you can like let yourself really get in a good one, and and imagine that you're lost. But you're not because it, it always comes down to I identify with this box of patterns versus I am. Once you realize I identify. And now I am. Once that clicks into your brain, there's just good luck. Good luck going back from that one.
1: Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D. You get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com right now and use the promo code Feral and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super-duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com. D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. I've been wanting to ask you, and this, I, I just, the way I said that made it sound like so much more like I was going to ask something really serious, but I... Totally, we lost touch for a while, which bums me out. Yeah, it's also my fault. Um, But why is it your fault? It's got to be somebody's fault, right? I'll take. I want to be the Patsy here.
2: All right, but it's not. It just happens anyway. What's your question?
1: (laughs) I'm just curious, like, what made you? From where I, from what I understand, it seemed like you just abruptly moved to New York. I mean, that I—that's just how I observed it, and I'm just was so curious, like, what suddenly made you want to go to new york
2: from i made a french exit from la um i was uh, i was becoming too comfortable and i was becoming dissatisfied with um la i didn't like the drought i didn't like driving you know i i, I just don't like driving man i'm not i like. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I do comedy. I don't want to drive to, to do shows anymore. I didn't want to drive anywhere. I don't want to drive. I hate driving. And, like, the traffic in Los Angeles is so fucking dreadful that I, I, I couldn't, you know, that's part of it. So there's, like, the condition, which I didn't like anymore. And then there was a sense of like, man, what am I doing? Like, you, it's like you will do, keep, I will, you will do things for your whole life. And you won't even think, like, what, why, why am I doing this? Like, what am I doing here? And you know what I mean? Like, and then you start thinking, like, what am I doing here? Like, what is this pattern in LA? Like, what is this? And then I just thought, oh man, what, Why do I need to stay? Here? Why don't I moved to New York. Go to New York. See what happens.
1: Did you think of anything? And then from there goes. To...
2: Well, I wanted to jump into comedy, and like I wanted to like see what would happen if I was going on stage more than a couple times a week, because like here you go so many times, and um, see where that would get me if there would be some evolution. Yeah, so no, I didn't. I didn't think of any other cities. Like, I, I just wanted to come here, talk to like Ari. who, like he's like, yeah, come. So it's like, come, just come, come here. You'll love it. And he was right. It's great. It's like it's so fun. it was just kind of like we were living up in Pasadena in this unnecessarily big house with like you know with all the trappings of what you would think you would want, the sort of like, pool and like. It's kind of embarrassing how, how like, I've really fallen into my midlife crisis in this, like, really gross way. And, like, you know, I was doing all the things you do when you're in a midlife crisis, you know, and, and I, it was embarrassing. Um, so I was starting to realize that I just didn't even want any of that. And, um... Uh, So it's just, fuck this. Why why are we looking at some giant house right now? I'm paying all this this insane amount of money for rent. We don't, like, what are we doing this for? I don't go in the pool. I don't garden. (laughs) You know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not retired yet. So it's like, I can't, like... I don't, I'm not connecting with the elderly Asian couple I pass on, my, on their walks when I'm walking my dog. You know there's just so many different things where you're like, oh, I'm just an autopilot. you know I'm kind of like, what am I fucking doing here? I, I didn't even mean for any of this to happen. I just kind of like did it out of a vague sense of this must be a good thing to do. Not even nothing pronounced, no pronounced intention. No intentionality, just a, you know, I don't know. And also, man, just, it doesn't even matter when you take, when you go, when you like, as Jodorowsky said, and I read this, I'm not a Jodorowsky expert and I recognize how um, pretentious it is to do a Jodorowsky quote during a podcast. So I have to like preface it by saying I'm not a Jodorowsky expert at all. I've seen Holy Mountain, I thought it was awesome, that's it, I'm not a fucking cinephile or anything. But I did read a quote by him, which was, sometimes you got to kick over the ant's nest and see what happens. And, and see, what, see, what, see how it rebuilds itself. And I, that, that, I did that, and I'm very glad that I did it. I intend to do it again, too. I hope I keep doing it all the time.
1: Yeah, a new city, which I'm at the point where I could really use a new city, but uh, yeah. it's just like a great, and I love being in a new city because it's rediscovering the pl- a place, or, or discovering a place for the first time. Because it's like here, it's like, that's the one thing I like about L.A. is it's so fucking big that you still can discover things that you didn't know existed here, but the, but, yeah. but the day-to-day is still kind of like this, I gotta drive, and... That's that's why I don't even do stand-up anymore Because part of it is I don't want to drive for a half hour To sit around for two hours To drive home For, for my seven minutes of stand-up To drive home yeah. It's like it's like that's it, it doesn't it. pan out here It's not paying off No It's expensive it's a, temp- it's a
2: You know It's a It's a very like And also It's like The other thing that's real To me That Essentially Dismaying about that predicament is You have to drive to get to a place. And and so you end up with this, wherever there isn't great public transportation, you end up with like car culture. And car culture is the, I, I hate to use a popular term, but it's late stage capitalism. So it's like car culture celebrates all of the things that, many of us are, are currently recognizing as being destructive. So it celebrates isolationism. It's You know, you get in your car, you're enclosed, and, and you imagine that, you, that the people around you aren't real, and it's easier to do that because they're enclosed in these metal rectangles. So you can actually just look at the shell that they're inside of, and you just see these fucking... You know, gleaming shelves, and you know, you, 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 many people even have tinted windows, so you can't even see the person in there. And if you do see them, it's kind of like this shadowy being. You know, it might as well be someone on another planet. And so, all these little planets are pretending that they're the only planet. And and whereas, like when there's subways, you fucking you're sitting with humanity. And, and, you know, and, and it's true multiculturalism, not like the bullshit enforced multiculturalism that, that, that gets like, uh, used by pharmaceutical companies to try to make commercials for Crohn's disease medications, you know, but like actual, like I am mixing in with the world here and, and, and it's beautiful. You know, I'm not saying in New York, everyone in a subway is like singing fucking communist anthems about how beautiful it is to be together as a people or anything like that. But like, you know what I mean? But at least it's the acknowledgement of the body. Like, I'm here, you're there, here we are together, engaged in the task of living in New York, and it's beautiful. I love it. And so, that, so you can sit on the subway, go into your show just listening to music or writing or contemplating how amazing it is to be in an underground tunnel, being shot underneath the, you know, bodies of water and over bodies of water. It's beautiful, man. I love that. People are missing out. You know, car culture is, it's so wild how all these various ecosystems are getting decimated by car culture all these extinctions are happening because of car culture, because of our weird need to separate ourselves from each other out of this incredible fear of, of the stranger. And it says
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I fucking hate it. And I miss it. It's the great thing about New York is like everybody or Chicago. It's like, you just, it does bring a connection to the city and the people which i don't think you get in places like los angeles people aren't connected to this city because they don't walk <laughs> and it's and that's why they when they do walk and they see another person on the street there's a suspicion opposed to a hey how you doing
2: yeah that's right man and yeah that's it you don't you look at like my dog when i was walking my dog in la it was like it was they were more aggressive to other dogs, but here they're just like, whatever. If past a million dogs, they don't care because those dogs are the same thing. It's like you become so sequestered. Like, the like, I, I, like, now, again, I'm, I don't want to, like, in, indulge in the New York versus L.A. game because it's like, this is New York versus any place where there's more cars and then where there's shitty public transportation. So I don't, I mean, L.A. is like, Jesus Christ. So many, like, artistic people that are my dearest friends and uh i miss them you you know i miss that a lot that's a big thing to give up that's the only thing i even give a shit about is that you know and i miss i do you know i do miss like well i guess that is pretty much all i miss like i keep thinking like what do you miss Oh, i guess my friends that's pretty much it i could give a shit about the rest of the city, actually. The comedy store, I guess. But anyway, so I don't need to do, like, compa- comparisons there, but it's just, like, you, I, like, I live in a village now. Like, I walk, I, I, when I want groceries, I just walk to the grocery store. And I get groceries, and I carry them back to my house. Right? you know, I don't fucking drive to Gelson's and fill my trunk up with, like, more shit than I need. You know, I bring back what I can carry and, and put it in my fridge and eat it that night. And that's what I do. When I walk to the grocery store, I'm not burning fucking gas. I walk to the gym. I walk to the park. I, you know, if I need to get somewhere else, I get on the subway. It costs $2, $3, whatever. It's nothing. So it's like you're in a village. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, man. It's a village. Of people that you are are still ignoring each other, kind of. (laughs) But you get to, you know, but it's it's like that. I understand. I'm not saying let's all suddenly start fucking having great conversations on the street, man. But, you know, we have shit to do. We need to play our own games, you know. But also, like, I know in New York, if if I fall down, someone's going to help me get back up. Like, someone's going to help me. That's when the ignoring stops. You know, when we see people who are like fucked up, it generally stops. You know, I don't mean to like blow a bunch of smoke up New York's fucking asshole, by the way, but it's, a, it's not what I thought it was at all. I thought it was like some shit, shithole nest, some nasty shitheads from, you know, mean old fucking New Yorkers. the Turns out New York comics are fucking great super good super funny super together as a group like really together not you know cutthroat because they're all trying to scrabble for a tv part or something not that that's la comics but there's just more i feel like more connected here which i like too
1: Well, I'm going to wrap this up here, Duncan Trussell. It's been – I've actually – I really needed to have a conversation with you because it always helps clear my head a bit. So I appreciate that you took the time out to, to do this today.
2: Are you kidding? Thanks for that. What an honor, man, <laughs> to be on your, your podcast and to, to, like, to get to have, I love our conversations that we've had in the past. And I love that you're struggling with your identity right now because that is – I meant to say one last thing. I know you want to wrap it up, but – That's all right. There is, you were saying Zen, it makes me Zen, and there is this concept in Zen of uncertainty being the actual state of humanness is uncertainty. So it's like, because you don't, we really don't know what's going to happen. And we kind of const- and we don't really know what we are. And we construct this like illusion of like, oh, I got it all figured out. I know what's coming. Right, Because it, like, it's comforting to think that. Because you, 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 you feel in control. So this uncertainty, the, the feeling of uncertainty, or, or what there's a, a teacher called Roshi Joan Halifax calls radical uncertainty, is actually like the state. And it's one of the states that everyone trying to avoid by getting people to give them reassurance. Do you love me? Do you love me? I did a good job today, right, boss? Whatever it is that you're doing. I'm going to be okay, right, doc? Like, all of these things are trying to get reassurance from people that gives us the impression that we know what's coming down the tubes. But the reality of life is we don't know what's coming down the tubes. We can't know what's coming. We can't know. And so... Just think of that, you know, and, and maybe when you're, when not to tell you not to go to the psychologist, which is the best, brain massage, but, like, um, maybe consider that, like, that state is the state, you know, that that's considered, that's the state. I don't know, and then surrender to that uncertainty, like, just fall backwards into it and let yourself be an uncertain thing instead of resisting that. Ooh, it's fun when you eat it's like jumping into a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true, it is. That's what I, f- I was like having this chaos in my head, and I wasn't, I-, I was just trying to like fight it. Like, I was like, oh, this will make it better, instead of falling into it, which is the smarter, smarter approach. Surrender. The wiser approach. Surrender. Thank you, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, I
0: love you, man. i thought you to you. Oh, yeah, Matt Dwyer. He's a wonderful man. Oh, yeah, good old Matt Dwyer.
1: Thank you for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Here's uh, a couple things I need to tell you before. So keep listening. Please review my show. Please listen to my other podcast, Afterbirth, that I do with my wife about parenting. And we talk to comedians about parenting. And please email me, Conversations with Dwyer, or go to my website, themattdwyer.com. Uh, I would like to hear from you people. I say this all the time. I don't get enough emails. I need more emails. Send them to me. And continue to support life podcasting. Power to the people.
0: tales oh yeah. is funny jokes to all the people. Telling all his funny jokes Good old Matt Dwyer Having good conversations With all kinds of people Lots of interesting people Want to talk to Matt Dwyer Yeah Matt Dwyer Yeah, good old Matt Dwyer He's a brilliant man He's a dark, dark man He's a writer man